from Psalm 18, from 2 Samuel 22. 50 verses of David praising the Lord after having defeated all his enemies are recorded in the Bible twice for our learning. This is David being anointed by Samuel as a young man. He spent a number of years until he was 30 when he became king of Israel. He was one of the great men in the earth. God's opinion. Not an almanac. It was read to us on Sunday from 2 Samuel 7 that God made David one of the great men in the earth in his military conquests from the Tigris River in Iraq all the way down to the Nile of Egypt from the other side, the the east side of Jordan all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. He had fortresses built and collected tribute from those nations. We want to talk about him tonight. I could have done several things. The issue these days is not enough matter. It's which, Lord, do the people need what would be best for them. I wanted to share with you the fifth missionary journey of Paul that's not recorded in the book of Acts, that's implied by several epistles and taught in 2 Timothy chapter 4. But other than 10 members in here that would get some sort of intellectual pleasure out of that, this is better. This is David being anointed later and being crowned king of Israel after Saul's death. This is what we're going to do tonight. Psalm 101. You say you just did it on Sunday. I know, and I'm a little embarrassed. But if you'll remember, when I stood in the pulpit for my sermon, I wanted to brush everything out of my pulpit and give you Psalm 101 all day. I want Psalm 101 to be owned by you when you go home tonight. I want you to own it and possess it, word for word. Did you see that Portuguese person that wrote recently about a proverb commentary? And when I translated it said, I own and possess those words of God that you've shared. It was wonderful. Let's do that tonight. God said David was the man after his own heart. That's a high statement. It's found in both Testaments. And we want to admire and respect David for what God said about him. David's goals and promises that are found in Psalm 101 are precious. You can learn the Psalms four parts. I gave them to you on Sunday. I'm going to give them to you again right now. And you can do them. You can be like David. This Psalm embodies his promises to God that reflect his heart and thoughts about being the man after God's own heart. God revealed, this is in the Bible, God revealed David's pure heart for you to copy it by writing it down in Psalm 101. We know more about David's heart than all other hearts of men in the Bible combined because of those Psalms. We get inside David because of the Psalms. You can own and you can possess every word of Psalm 101. There is no reason why even our children cannot understand the psalm. Let let me read it to you. Psalm 101, verse 1. I will sing of mercy and judgment. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. 
I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart, will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. This is the heart of David. This is what made David a man after God's own heart. There are four categories of promises made that reflect David's heart. I want you to own them. I want you to do them. From my friend Charlie to my granddaughter Charity. Everyone in here, I've prayed. This is what I bring to you again tonight. I want this. I want my wife to have this. I want all of you to be like David. I want us to meet the son of David like David. And here are four categories of things to remember. It's, it's a little smaller because I'm breaking it up. The first category is praise. I will sing of mercy and judgment. David loved to sing, and David loved to sing praise to God, and David loved the attributes of God. He wasn't singing spiritual spirit, he wasn't singing spirituals, he was singing theological truth to God directly, what we would call a hymn. Then these two verses go together, and this is his personal. The writing is going to get much better when I'm using my keyboard. Personal conduct. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. And for two verses, it describes David promising God, I will be perfect. I will behave rightly. I will even do it at home. I hate the work of them that turn aside. I will not set wicked things before mine eyes. It's personal conduct. Then we have these four verses, and these are the people in your life. You do not have a right to choose the people in your life. God has the right to choose the people in your life, and you have the responsibility to do it His way. And David understood that perfectly. And then down here is the public worship of God. In verse 8, I will early destroy all the wicked of the land. He's talking about the land of Israel, that he can cut off all wicked doers from the city of Jerusalem, which was the center of worship of God's Old Testament church. So there are the four sections. It looks like this. Section number one is verse one, and it's praise to God, especially by singing. Do you love to praise the Lord? Can, can we change your household habits of getting up and singing in the shower, singing out of the shower, sing every day, sing one little song. Okay, let's practice. Verse one, I will sing of mercy and judgment. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing. 
the last time you did it? Good answer, Mark. And the way to work. David loved to praise the Lord. So number one is verse one. Part, four parts, four parts. I'm going to repeat it and repeat it so you can't ever forget it. Part number two is verses two and three, his personal conduct from his heart. Section number three is the verses four through seven, the people that you allow around you. The people that you allow around you. If you're going to be like David, you have strict standards and you cut off those that don't meet the qualifications. Section number four is his public worship of God was to be protected and he did everything in his power to protect the public worship of God. It has will in it nine times in only eight verses and it has shall six times. When you add those two together, you've got a density of two times, a future tense promise in every single verse. I will, I will, I will, I will. Nine times, I shall, shall I, five, six times. Lord, it is David's promises to God how he would live to please the Lord. This is how the man, after God's own heart, thought. And we want to embrace that thinking that's revealed to us in this psalm. To be like David, you should make his promises. These promises that we're going to go over should be yours. There's 15 of them. I will, I shall, I will. Only one prayer request. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? All surrounded by his commitment to God. Did God come to David? Unbelievably well. Did you hear about those blueprints I told you about earlier? God came to David on his deathbed. He was so comforted about the everlasting covenant that he had with God. It is how David appealed to God to come to him was making these many promises to him. Let's go over it again. There's four parts. Verse 1 is praise to God. Verses 2 and 3 are personal conduct. Verses 4 through 7, people you allow around you. And part 4 in verse 8, the public worship of God. You're here tonight on a Wednesday night. I commend you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I commend you for partially fulfilling number four. I commend you for joining me and not listening to a solo of, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. So that's partaking in number number one. I thank you that you like to be in the house of the Lord and I commend you. That's number three. Now what you do at home, the Lord sees every bit of it. Praise. Let's look at it. I will sing of mercy and judgment. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. This is the praise part. Four parts to the psalm. David, a mighty man of valor, loved to praise God. We know that about him. He sang to God when he wasn't killing lions, bears, and giants. He directed singing and praise of the attributes to God. I will sing of mercy and judgment. Those are two of God's attributes. He did it unto the Lord. O Lord, second person, will I sing. David loved God's mercy. 
his demerited favor, David knew it, why he was selected of all of Israel to be the man that God put in the throne after King Saul and to be the father of the Lord Jesus Christ. David loved God's judgment, which is right here, his just fairness in all of his dealings. God loved, David loved God's judgment, his kind chastening. And David was chastened at time. David saw the nation chastened at times. And he knew that God was very kind in his chastening. He loved the mercy and judgment of God, so he sang of them. This may be hard for you to see, but here, right here, is the Ark of the Covenant. And there's the cherubim over it. And it's being carried on the priest's shoulders. And this is David stripped down from his kingly robes a little bit, who's dancing with all his might. Because he was David. And the whole nation is having one great big party of celebrating. And I mean party in the highest, reverent, sober, respect of that word. He sent them all home by taking them out to dinner that night, by giving every one of them a good piece of flesh, a flagon of wine, and a loaf of bread. Took the whole nation out. He was never going to shortchange the worship of God. Remember, there's four parts. Praise to God in verse 1. Personal conduct that we're about to look at in verses 2 through 3. The people that you allow in your life in verses 4 through 7. And the public worship of God in verse 8. Personal conduct, verse 2. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Three sentences. They're incredible statements. But this is the heart of David. This is what I want you to pray. This is what I want you to believe, embrace, and do. I want you to be like David. The Lord wants you to be like David. David promised to behave. That is how you conduct yourself perfectly in wisdom. I don't have time tonight to tell you what wisdom means and what wisdom you can practice at home because I have spent a good part of my life sharing with you what the Bible calls wisdom. And David knew how to conduct himself. So a little reminder, a little sales job. Well, you read the proverb commentaries. It takes me longer to write them than it takes you to read them. It takes me longer to record them than for you to listen to them. Wisdom is the careful and godly living of the book of Proverbs. David's reputation was very wise in all of Israel so that his name was much set by. Personal conduct. You always do what is right. You always do what is wise. You always do what is prudent and discreet, equitable and fair, righteous, upright, noble, and good. Always. Perfect and wise behavior is defined in the Bible. It doesn't matter what your parents did, and it doesn't matter what you were taught in Catholic or Christian school. It's what the Bible defines. It is a choice that you make every minute for your actions. You are making choices constantly, and you want to behave yourself in a wise way perfectly. You can be like David. You can be like David in this sentence up here. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way, because he and his son wrote and told you how. Let's get the next, the third sentence. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. David promised a perfect heart even at home. Wow. To the Lord, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Most men let their hair down, most women let their hair down foolishly when they get home. We don't want to let our hair down. 
Letting our hair down means I acted like a jackass. I was a fool. I was a barbarian. We want to be noble. We're kings and priests. If perfect in heart at home, if you can do this one at home, where everyone already knows you're a fool, you'll be wise everywhere else. I promise you. If you learn to rule your spirit at home and you rule your mouth at home, you'll be incredible in public. So let's start at home. That's where David put the emphasis, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? The only prayer request. David knew God's presence. The greatest gift we can ever have. God's presence. Divine power within us. Divine fellowship with us. The Lord Jesus Christ supping with us requires holy living. Thus, it is sandwiched in this second verse of Psalm 101 with His promises of holy living. His only request, and it is a fantastic one, had His promises attached. If you want to walk with God, you must live a holy life. He is holy. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Personal conduct were to the third verse of Psalm 101. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. David continued his promises to God for holy living. We're still in the second section, but the third verse, personal conduct. He would not look at sinful things. He was committed not to lust with his eyes. We have more thrown at our eyes today than any generation before us. Think. Television, internet, magazines, movies, Everywhere. Tweets. Texts. Evil. Flirting. Sinful words. You're addicted to them. Because you're a child. Grow up. Don't put wicked things before your eyes. Personal conduct. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. He hated folly of worldlings and the folly of carnal Christians because notice, those that turn aside. We're not going to turn aside. We are right on to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of David. We are not going to turn to the left hand or to the right hand. Do you hate everything that is contrary to holiness? Bible holiness. Not your definition of holiness. Not your definition of being a good Christian. Bible holiness. If you want to be like David, you need to hate everything contrary to holiness. The sweet psalmist of Israel, as he's called in the Bible, hated every false way, as we quote from Psalm 119 and verse 128. This is a wonderful psalm. Embrace it. Make it yours. Live this way tonight and tomorrow. If I had more time, I'd sing again right now. You're glad that we don't have time. It shall not cleave to me. David would not let worldly things stick to him. Cleave, stick. David would not let worldly things stick to him. The world is trying to stick to us, spot us, twist us, color us, move us, slide us, veer us off the path of Bible holiness toward its way of thinking. David would not let that happen. It shall not cleave to me. You cannot even let the world color your actions. Blow them out. Flush them. They don't have a clue about anything. God's true friends do not even flirt with the world. 
Because if you flirt with the world or are a friend of the world, you're the enemy of God. James 4.4 4. This is personal conduct of a high level. Do you know what's going on here? Who is this? Who is this? And who is this? David stopping his nephews from killing Saul. Was David the properly anointed king? Yes. Was Saul trying to kill him repeatedly? Yes. Was Saul a real pagan in many respects? Yes. Did it look like the Lord's will was for David to kill him since David, since the Lord helped David find him asleep at night? Does it look like circumstantially that maybe it was the Lord's will? That's his personal conduct. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way, and he did, over and over and over. And somebody will say, but he sinned, and you've sinned 1,000 times as bad as he has. That's my answer to you. Amen. He knew how to repent, and I doubt, because you raised the question, I doubt that you have ever repented like David did. Or you wouldn't even say that or ask the question or make the comment. Psalm 101. Remember, there's four parts. There's praise to God in verse 1. There's personal conduct in verses 2 and 3. There's the people you have around you in verses 4 through 7. And there's public worship in verse 8. Oh, my secretary slipped this in. These are the Cherethites, Pelethites, and Gittites. She just thought I would enjoy that picture. Do you know what happened when Adonijah, who had declared himself king in a city a little ways away from Jerusalem, heard that God had just anointed Solomon king? And the servant boy that ran with the message said, the Cherethites, the Pelethites, and the Gittites are with Solomon. Their loins were loosed and the party was over. Anyway, people around you, verses 4 through 7. A froward heart shall depart from me. David rejected friendship with fools or sinners. A froward heart is someone who thinks evilly, critically, negatively, outside of Scripture, foolishly, obnoxiously. Froward heart. A froward heart. I will not allow anyone around me that even thinks the wrong thought. A froward heart is a person that thinks sinfully. He promised God to dump all such friends. A froward heart shall depart from me. There's one of those six shalls. I will not know a wicked person. He promised to have no such relationships with wicked people. People that do not fear God, love the Lord Jesus Christ, and live by the Bible. This could be friends, family, colleagues, etc. David said, I will not. I will not know a wicked person. Great men do not walk, stand, or sit with them. Psalm 1 and verse 1 starts the whole book of Psalms off that way. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. He promised to reject slanderers, backbiters, and others that hurt men's reputations by talking about them. Even if done to him in private. This is amazing. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor. Privily. Not publicly, but privately, even if done in private, David would cut them off. He was not going to allow that around him because God hates that kind of character assassination and reputation rape. God is very sensitive to how you hear about others. What are you doing, Pastor? Hear. 
One sin is doing it yourself. The other sin is letting someone else say it to you. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. David rejected cocky, haughty, or proud people. God loves humble men, so David chose them. Humble men. Reject any saucy, snotty, or superior attitudes by anyone. Those were not the people that were around David. I will not suffer them. I will not permit them to be near me. I want humble men. What a band! And it had terrible beginnings, but its end was glorious, the men that he had with him. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful land. There are four verses about the people around you. There were two negative verses that we just had, verses 4 and 5. Now we have a positive verse. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land. I'm going to look and be excited and delight in God's faithful men. Here were the friends David chose for himself. The faithful of the land of Israel. He would look approvingly on the best of men. He wanted friends that faithfully obeyed God. That they may dwell with me. He only wanted good and godly men living with him. When choosing people, he chose wise and holy men, the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. I want people living around me. I want people in my house. I want people that I wake up with, go to bed with, eat meals with. I want people like that that are the faithful of the land. This makes David exceptional. You make choices every day of your associations. Who you're texting. Why? Why are you texting someone? Who told you to? Why are you calling them? Why are you emailing them? Why are you visiting them? It isn't your choice. It isn't a matter of Christian liberty. It's a matter of Christian destruction. David didn't destroy himself. You should carefully guard your communications and your associations with anyone to make sure they're the faithful of the land. They will pull you down. I've watched it for 50 years because it only takes an 8-year-old to be able to figure out how evil communications corrupt good manners. And it's just the rebellious that want to continue to do it. They have no wisdom. They have, they're nothing like David. I want you all to be like David. You must guard those you communicate with. God hasn't told you to communicate with fools or foolish or less than the faithful of the land. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. Even his domestic servants, he wanted uh, those that would walk the walk in the perfect way that he had chosen for himself. David walked perfectly by his choice, so he chose such men for his friends and even his least domestic servants. If you choose compromisers, you ruin yourself. If you choose to communicate with compromisers that are not like David, you'll never be a David. It is impossible. Even the lowest of friends should be godly men. I am not talking about people you have to work with. I am talking about those you choose to associate with, befriend, text, email, talk to, and so forth. They should be godly men. Look at how strict David is. To be David, you have to be strict. This isn't boot camp for the, the fat morons that join the U.S. Army. These are seals. But there's only one like David. The best. And you can be like him. 
But he's very strict about the people that are around him. Paul, I did this for you, brother. You know who these two guys are, don't you? Paul, don't hurt me. Does Jonathan look about 25 years older? Maybe not quite. Remember, Jonathan was about 20, 25 years older than David. We tend to think of them as two 17-year-old buddies. Jonathan was a much older man, and he gave up his kingdom to David. That's the kind of friend, listen, toss two swords to Jonathan and David, let them stand back to back. Who do you want to bring against them? I want to hear. I don't care about the size, and I don't care about the names. I win. Who wants to make a phone app? I will get a smartphone. If you'll have a phone app that I can toss two swords to David and Jonathan, those are the kind of friends. They made a covenant for life and beyond life. When Jonathan was dead, David went to that cursed house of Saul and said, Are there any descendants of Jonathan? Mephibosheth, a cripple. I want him at my table. People around you. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. David would not tolerate any that were deceitful. He would not let them even live in his house. He was committed to men of truth around him. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. David would not let liars even hang around him. They shall not tarry in my sight. I don't want to see one in my house. I don't want to see one in my palace. I don't want to see one near me. God is a God of truth, and so David chose men of truth. You will meet liars. Reject them as the filthy, foolish scum that they are. Reject them. It's the lie of their father. The devil was a liar from the beginning. David avoided them. And so we have these these four verses, verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, that show David's strictness about his associations and his friends, his domestics, his employers, his advisors, and those that lived in his house. Remember, verse 1 was praise to God. Verses 2 and 3, personal conduct. The one we just went over, people you allow. And then public worship. The four parts to Psalm 101. Yeah, David took care of the public worship of God, didn't he? A blasphemer came out and made fun of the God of Israel. So uh, David went and put an ugly wound in his forehead and then chopped his ugly head off and hauled the two back to Jerusalem. The sword was big and the head was big, as you can well imagine. Yes. There's his wound and... He's holding the ugly head. Public worship. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land. There is a time to be patient, but not in the church. So we deal with sin. We don't overlook it. We don't sweep it under the rug. We don't ignore it like so many churches do. And I commend you. I commend you for the most recent case we had, which could have rattled some poor little sheep that haven't kept their observation open and thinking carefully, I commend you for dealing with a matter of judgment not too long ago and you dealt with it solidly, and I commend you. The wicked of the land are wicked in God's city. I want you to notice the context here is Jerusalem, the capital and the center of worship for the Jews' religion. The New Testament church is our substitute for Jerusalem. I will early, not late, I will early destroy all the wicked of the land. 
I will not play games in such an important matter as the worship of God, that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Godly men are vigilant. Godly men are vigilant for their church's purity. They do not warn pews. They stop hypocrites. If all of you would help me do the job of spotting hypocrisy, saying something about it, confronting them for their hypocrisy, confronting them for their rebellion, confronting them for their scorn, we could do a great job together. And we have. But let's step it up to David's level. Are you zealous for church purity to stop sinners? Psalm 101, remember? There's four parts. Praise to God, personal conduct, people you allow around you, and public worship. When I look at those eight verses and I think that David crammed so much in there with 15 I wills and I shalls, it is one powerful statement of why God loved him. Flowing from his heart, there's only one prayer request. He's not asking for stuff. He's promising his life. I will dedicate myself to praise. I will dedicate myself at home when no one else is around to behave myself perfectly. I will cut off anyone that you don't approve of, Lord, and I will defend your public worship. Thank David. Did he praise God? He danced with all his might. How about his personal conduct? He spared Saul twice. We could add so many to these, but I'm way out of time. People you allow around, he chose Jonathan over Michael. That wife that he got out of King Saul's loins, unbelievable. All she had to do was open her trap once, and he dumped her for the rest of his life. He chose Jonathan, her brother, over her. You know the, the both stories. Public worship protected. He promoted Zadok. He had Joab killed, his own nephew. And he promoted Zadok over Abiathar. He changed the priesthood, and it fulfilled God's prophecy from the days of Eli. How about Jesus, the son of David? Praise to God. Do you know what it says in the Bible? They sang in him and went out. Do you know that it says that? Do you know he was prophesied to do that in Psalm 22? It says that he would do it in Hebrews chapter 2. And in the Gospels it tells us him doing it. Oh, did you know that? He's the son of David. Thank Jesus. How about his personal conduct? He always pleased his father in heaven. He did always those things that pleased his father. How about the people he allowed around? He cut off the Pharisees. He'd be in a room and he'd make a decision that a woman that was a great sinner in that city could be at his feet, kissing his feet, and he would ridicule and cut down Simon the Pharisee that was the host for the meal. He constantly did that, making a difference between the common people and the religious leaders. Public worship... Listen, who were his friends, his apostles, and the women that followed him because they had been redeemed, had relatives healed, and loved the Lord Jesus Christ? Why did he love Lazarus, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary? Because they loved God and were three of the special characters of the New Testament. Public worship protected. Can you remember a scourge of cords? The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Psalm 69. Thank Paul. Praise to God. How about singing with Silas in a dungeon? Acts chapter 16. Personal conduct? Listen, he served even Corinth. He should have dumped them from a natural standpoint. They gave him a lot of trouble. People he allowed around, he rebuked even Peter. 
Ever read Galatians chapters 1 and 2, where he said, I couldn't abide them one hour? The men that brought up Jewish legalism, I wouldn't listen to them for one hour. Our beloved brother Paul. Public worship, how about blasting the tongues abuse at Corinth, among many others that could be given. Psalm 101, this simple psalm of four parts is easy for good men and women. Nothing else in your life can compare to it at all. That's why tonight we prayed that you would get your priorities reprioritized. Nothing else in your life comes even close to what I've given you tonight from God's Word. Not even close. The reward is one, a heart like God's, two, God Himself. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? This is the man after God's own heart. The reward is one and two. If you neglect Psalm 101, you are a belly worshiper, you are Saul. You are making shipwreck of your life and you're a castaway from God if you do not choose to be like David. Because you've had this privilege Sunday morning and now now tonight, not me, Psalm 101. We all have to face the, the tune. What are we going to do with Psalm 101? Will you? David said, I will nine times. David said, I shall six times. Will you? Remember Psalm 101, will you own it? And will you live by it? 126 in your burgundy hymnal. Will you remember Psalm 101? Four parts. Covers your life. Praise. Personal conduct in private. The people you have around you and you communicate with. And the public worship of God. He was the best at all four of the Old Testament. His son was the best in the New Testament. Can we be the best individually, as families, and as a church? I love all of you. I love the truth of God's Word. I'm so thankful for Psalm 101. It's so simple. I hope that you will own it and possess it and that we all together will practice it. Father in heaven, blessed God, creator of heaven, the earth, the sea, and all that in them is, we implore your divine power to do what we just sang, and that is to maintain the fight until the Lord Jesus Christ comes for us and rids us of this ugly flesh and destroys this world around us and takes us unto Himself forever and ever. Help us to stand up for the Son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ, in every way that we should. O Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, cause this psalm to reside in the memories, the hearts, and the minds of Your people to remember its four parts and how thoroughly it covers their lives that we might please Thee more perfectly. If David was a delight to thee and pleased thee much and was a man after thine own heart, O oh Lord, how much delight and pleasure could you get from a church where there are many Davids? Help us to this end. We want to give thee nothing less than the best. Forgive us where we have done so many times before. In Jesus' name, we commit our souls to thee. Amen. Amen. 
you are dismissed.